Hey guys. So, hey. It's Brooke and Alyssa. Back for episode five. five. Holy moly. That's like, we made it. We have, we have arrived. Episode five. Maybe when we're double digits. Yeah. That, so that's, when we, that's our next goal. That's when we made it. <laughs> but just appreciate that we've gotten to five whole episodes. Yes. Which so means five hours of talking. Yeah. Which is easy for us to do. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Today we're going to talk yeah. about just episode five. Oh, we said that. Yeah, episode five. We're awesome. just going to talk some just basic nutrition about nutrition one oh one. Yeah. Just macronutrients, basic nutrition. We don't want to dive too deep into this because yeah, this is gonna be a short one, boring. guys. Yeah, welcome to our shortest episode yet. Yes, maybe. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. But we basically just want to do like a quick little dive into nutrition. What we kind of learned in Nutrition 101, I think. A lot of, like, people really don't learn this. Like, even we've heard, like, from doctors that say they didn't, haven't even had a Nutrition 101 course. So, I'm assuming the general population hasn't either, um, mm-hmm. at least maybe since high school learning about food. Um, but we just wanted to quick go into some things for you so you had some basis of understanding of what's out there. So, we're going to talk about macronutrients. So there's three basic macronutrients in our diet, and they are protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And they are all essential to get our body functioning. You've probably heard some of them being demonized in the past. Yes. Like fats or yes. carbohydrates. Not a ton of them demonize protein. No, actually. I have heard of it in some places, like too much protein is bad or whatever. But mostly fats and carbs get the, the low end of the stick, I would say. Mm-hmm. Short end of the stick. Short end What's, of the stick. What is Yeah. Short end of the stick. I need to work on my talking. <laughs> need more coffee. I need more coffee. So, proteins. Um, they are used to help build and repair tissues, muscles, make enzymes, hormones. They you, are, oh, go you ahead. Go. No, you okay. no, you go. They've also, um, proteins help support immune function, and then they're another energy source. So, again, yeah, we d- don't really hear too much negativity about protein. We just hear that we need it, but it is really essential in building muscles and helping. All right. Anyway, so protein, I feel like most people's experience with protein or thoughts around protein come from probably like working out or muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Don't you feel like the average American, if I were to say, hey, how much protein do you get? I feel like most people think immediately, A, about meats, Mm -hmm. but then also about like how that helps build muscle. Like a lot of people push it really hard after like a hard workout Mm -hmm. to rebuild those muscle fibers. Um, That's where you're getting your energy source from building your muscles. Protein is also really important for um, feeling full. Like protein really can make you have that satiety factor of making you feel full um, after you're eating. So a lot of those sources are going to come from, we typically think of it as meat products, like Mm -hmm. meat or animal products have pretty high quality protein, which is what we're looking for. But protein can be found in other places as well, like Mm -hmm. plants. Yeah, and then another thing, if you are working out and you want to try to, let's say you did a hard workout that included some weightlifting and you want to do some protein after, you could just do a small protein snack or a protein shake like 20 or 30 minutes after your workout to help build those muscles. So that's kind of the good timing 
of that protein, just because you lift weights does not mean that you need to be chugging three chugging. protein <laughs> shakes a day on top of meat consumption. Uh-huh. So generally, Alyssa and I are clinical dietitians. Most of our patients, we're giving them 1.2 grams per kilo yeah. of protein. What that means is divide your body weight. And that's weight. for people in, like, I mean, they're actually going through treatments because of mm-hmm. certain diagnoses that they've had. So, yeah. So if you're a bodybuilder, you know, to it's going to be higher. So if you're lifting weights pretty right. heavily, I would say, like, 1. 1.4, 1.5. Putting these, like, stress on your muscles and breaking them down constantly and trying to repair them, you need that protein back in. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there is a limit to how much protein your body can absorb and use in one day. And by limit, I don't mean it's a hard cutoff and then you start doing damage. It's just your body doesn't need necessarily hundreds and hundreds of grams of protein that you might be feeding it. I'm not saying it's going to hurt you necessarily, but it's... Not it could, you it could hurt your kidneys, but... In excessive amounts. In excessive amounts. Um, right, so I think people will tend to go overboard. They think, oh, I'm lifting weights right. three times a week or four times a week, so I need to be getting just an enormous Astronomical amount of protein. protein. Um, but yeah, some protein food sources. So all animal products are going to come with pretty high-quality proteins, um, and then you have dairy products. But also vegetables and legumes um, are a really good source of protein. So in a meal, and we'll kind of talk about this later, but in a meal, when you think about a protein source, yeah, it can be meat, cheese, dairy kind of products, but it can also be like a hummus spread or something like that. And just because it's not 40 grams of protein like a chicken breast, if it still has, you know, 8 to 10 grams, that's a good snack size. Mm-hmm. Um, good. But the don't, other thing, also don't count your calories or count your protein right. or anything like that. We're not endorsing that. Yeah, just I'm just saying a basis of information. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying there's people out there who they say they weigh 200 pounds and they're like, oh, I need 200 grams of protein because I weigh 200 pounds. Like that's not an accurate description no. of how that works. No. And again, yeah, I don't count my grams of protein every day. I don't count yeah. my grams of carbohydrates every day. I don't count my calories. But um, yeah, and then the other thing with with um, protein is a complete protein means that mm-hmm. there is all the amino acids. So like fish, chicken, eggs, beef, those are just easy protein sources because you don't have They're to worry cool. about yeah. pairing them with others. So things. there are certain essential amino acids um, that your body can't synthesize themselves. So um, we give our bodies amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein. And those building blocks, um, some of them we eat through our food. And sometimes our body can break those amino acids down into other amino acids. Sometimes they can't. And so we have to eat those proteins or those essential amino acids to get them in our body to perform any sort of function that includes them in our body. And there's a ton of metabolic um, reactions that are happening in our body every millisecond um, that require protein to do that and those essential amino acids. So we need to make sure we're getting... Complete proteins are best um, throughout the day, which just means that you're hitting all those essential amino acids every day. So it's mm-hmm. the easiest way to get in meat products. I'm a meat eater, so <laughs> big right. um, recommender of that. But if you don't eat a ton of meat or you don't enjoy meat, there's definitely ways to get your complete proteins in with plants. You just have to be a little bit more creative about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. You could be a vegetarian and still get complete um, protein or get get your amino acids in, you just have to be a little bit more creative and plan it out a little bit more. Carbohydrates. 
everyone's yeah, favorites yes. to talk about. This is where sugar would fall into, if anyone doesn't know. Yeah. Um, carbohydrates include sugar. It's a quick energy source, and it provides fuel for our central nervous system, our brain function. It is the number one energy source, energy source is carbohydrate. It is easiest. So our bodies are amazing machines that will use the least amount of energy to obtain the most amount of energy from our food. Mm -hmm. And so what they're going to do is your body, when you eat something like carbohydrate, it's going to break it down quick, turn to glucose, and immediately give your brain the energy it needs to function. And your brain controls functioning of the rest of your body. So you need that source. So to deprive yourself of that source, to decrease the amount of that source that you need, is going to take a serious toll on your energy. Again, there's a lot of people who are overeating carbohydrates. Yeah, flip side. Yeah, so <laughs> there is also a point of too many carbohydrates and mm -hmm. too many processed carbohydrates. And so that's what we want to focus on too is... Um, it's a balance. There, it's a balance. there is a balance. Your you need to eat enough. different than someone else's. Yes, and the grams of carbohydrates that I need is different than the grams of carbohydrates that uh, my neighbor needs. So And every day it might be different for you yes. too. What kind of energy you need to burn. And workouts too. Another thing with carbohydrates is if you're going to do an intense workout or if you're doing a long, let's say you're doing a really long hike or skiing all day, like if you're doing something strenuous that's a long period of time, it is good to try to get some carbs in there. Um, so like a banana or granola bar, just something that's just going to be quick energy to help get you through your workout. So I know like when I go hiking or if I'm snowboarding for the day, I always have some sort of carbohydrate in my jacket or in my backpack so that as I'm doing my long workout, I mm -hmm. can get some sort of quick fuel. You're going to burn it off right away. Right. So, so there's like um, energy storage in our body, kind of like a fail safe. So if you burn through all the energy that you're currently eating, we do have what's called glycogen, which is a storage of glucose. Um, that we can tap into. However, our storage of glucose or glycogen is not like never ending. Like there's an mm -hmm. end point to that. And if you push beyond that end point, as some people do in specific diets, or just because they're forgetting to eat or they want to work out really hard to lose weight, you end up tapping into your muscle stores and actually start breaking down muscle in your body, which affects your immune system and your, um, obviously your tone, your muscle tone and your strength and ability to metabolize foods. Your metabolism goes way down when you start doing that. That glycogen store is only there for in case of deprivation, like emergencies. you literally can't emergencies. eat, or overnight. Like there's mm -hmm. no like reason that you should really be trying to deplete that all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, carbohydrates are really interesting and you know, I think we can do more, a big topic on like sugar and stuff and carbohydrates and sugar sources. Yeah, we'll specifically talk about sugar, yeah. added sugar. There's a lot, but I think today we just kind of wanted to briefly talk about carbohydrates are not the devil. <laughs> sugar is not the devil. Like there are things that are needed in your body, like functions that are needed to be performed in your body that require carbohydrates and to take away that source, um, you're going to put your body in a heck of a lot of stress. So. The hard thing about carbohydrates is there is a wide range of carbohydrates. Right. So fruits and vegetables carbohydrates. are carbohydrates. carbohydrates. Bread, should, rice, should we carbohydrates. Be should we be limiting fruits right. or vegetables in our diet? Hmm. No. no. <laughs> we should be eating them. You know, so there's like no fruit or vegetable that I would say that a person should be limiting or cutting out of their diet. I mean, unless you're eating it and you physically, like for or me, you're cauliflower, <laughs> ca cauliflower, <laughs> cauliflower, I get so sick eating cauliflower. So I eat cauliflower, cauliflower rice. so much. Oh my gosh. I like it. 
I got so ill eating it. So I, for me, I can't <laughs> Stay eat Stay away. But in general, yeah, fruits or vegetables or carbohydrates, we should not be limiting these. We One should of, be like, eating these. My pet peeves is when people go online and they're like, I'm on a sugar-free diet. Here's my lunch. It's an apple. And I'm like, listen, that's sugar. It's a good one. I'm not saying good and bad, whatever. But it's like, I'm not saying you can't have it, but don't tell me you're doing sugar-free and then eating some sugar. Yes. And so, and then along with carbohydrates, fruits and vegetables are great sources of carbohydrates. That's where we should be getting a majority of our carbohydrates in our diet. What's great about fruit and vegetables is they not only come along with sugar, they come along with fiber and ton of micronutrients, which we can talk about in another episode, mm-hmm. phytonutrients, um, any sort of like antioxidants, antioxidants, all these sorts of things that are actually very preventative. And you know what I think is really interesting? There's a ton of unknowns in fruits and vegetables that we don't even know exist yet. I mean, you just looked 10, 20 years ago. We didn't even hear some of these words that we talk about today, like these tiny like lycopene or whatever. You didn't know that those things existed. So think about all that's in a fruit and vegetable, what that's compromised of. Do you think taking a pill that has, like, vitamin C is going to replace you eating that orange? No, it's not the same. It doesn't mm-hmm. have that fiber or drinking that orange juice or whatever. It doesn't have the same components as the actual whole piece of fruit, which is why mm-hmm. we believe in whole food wholeheartedly. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then, but keep in mind, um, carbohydrates also include cookies and soda and your, and your starchy juice, you know, and breads and baked goods and desserts. So it's hard for me to lump all carb carbohydrates are all lumped into that category. And so when people say you should be cutting out carbs or limiting carbs, there are a lot of carbohydrates that we should not be eating every day, right. like cookies and desserts and candy every day, soda every day. Like there are carbohydrates that definitely we should be, you know, not just staying in tune with yeah. what your body is actually asking for. And I can guarantee you, if you're honest with yourself, your body's not asking for pop. <laughs> yeah, just like probably soda, not. Probably not something. Maybe a taste thing. I'm all about the bubbly, but it's probably not requesting a Coca-Cola every day, mm-hmm. seven gallons a day. Yes. So yeah, so carbohydrates is a big one um, because it does encompass so many different things. Whole grains versus refined grains is a big thing. Using whole grains, um, meaning that they haven't broken down at all the like endosperm <laughs> that comes mm-hmm. together with the actual grain, um, and that it's not refined and stripped away of all of its nutrients and fiber. And um, usually they end up adding some things back in, putting in food additives to make it decent. So I'm looking for whole grains, fruits but it, and vegetables. But if you even look at like whole grain bread, you and you look at the ingredients. A lot of times it's not whole it's grain not. and then there's like sugar is the second ingredient. So that's the other hard thing about labeling is just because something's labeled as whole grain doesn't actually mean. Sometimes they're like marketing yeah, the whole it grain. It doesn't necessarily like, mean that it's yeah, whole grain. Yeah. So that's From another hard thing. Anyways, we digress. Next one. Fats. This is my favorite. <laughs> I love fats. Who doesn't? Fats are my favorite. Oh, probably um, a lot of people do. Yeah. We love fat. We love fat. Supports brain function. Keeps us full. Our body can't make omega-3s, so we should be eating these. Yes. Um, the other thing, like when I was a breastfeeding coordinator, we learned all about breast milk and the fat components mm-hmm. and why fat's so high in breast milk and how it helps support infants' brain development. And so when we hear people talk about low-fat diets, I cringe so much. I cringe hearing low-fat diet because 
when we take the fat out of something, we're replacing it with other fillers and additives that are so not good for right. us. Usually it means, you know, increasing your fats. Typically people are start increasing or decreasing your fats. People usually start increasing their carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. And so because they're hungry, the fat mm-hmm. is what keeps. So fat stays in your stomach longer, which mm-hmm. means that you feel that fullness. Your stomach has stretch receptors that feels how full it is. So when you fill up your stomach, your stomach stretches out and makes you feel full. Well, fat stays in your stomach for longer, which means those stretch stretch receptors are activated for longer, making you feel full for longer, which means Mm -hmm. overall you're not as hungry throughout the day. If you're eating carbohydrates, like we said, super quick energy, it's going through you really fast, you're going to have to keep eating every hour, every 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. every two hours, whatever that looks like. When you have fat, carbohydrate, protein, and fiber coming from those carbohydrates in your diet, it's going to stick with you for so much longer Mm -hmm. and you're going to not only feel satiated but you're also going to have energy that's lasting all day instead of just 30 minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) quick and easy yeah so the fats are super important also demonized um because there's all these different types of fats and people like to just throw fat right under the bus when it comes to things but it's so important for our body um literally every single cell in our body is coated and a phospholipid layer which is made from fat so Mm -hmm. if you stop providing your body with fat your cells will not survive they'll start to shrink up they won't be able to protect the water that's inside of them you'll lose water weight it will it just doesn't feel good you'll feel sick you'll feel tired you your body just won't function as well so fats are super important and they do not make us fat eating fat does not make you fat thank you (laughs) eating fat does not make make you you fat. fat Yes, Sorry, we need fats. Fat. So take this moment of silence. I know. To apologize to fat. And I just want to tell you, like my own health journey. I was a vegetarian for two years, and I was eating a very low fat diet, not on purpose. I wasn't. I just I was only getting really my fats from avocados and nuts and maybe olive oil, which is still good. But I wasn't totally. getting en- enough fats, and I was eating right. so high carb because. I wasn't getting enough protein either. Sure. That was my issue. I was not getting enough protein as a vegetarian. And I went in for blood testing and my cholesterol was high. Mm-hmm. And I was doing everything else right. And I was like, why is my cholesterol high? So like, frustrating. I don't understand. I'm exercising. I'm doing all these things. I'm drinking so much water. Um, and so I started incorporating good, good quality meats into my diet and then I started so I was getting more protein and then I started incorporating just a higher fat diet so I started cooking my eggs with grass-fed butter or avocado oil or coconut oil I started making my own salad dressings with my own olive oil Um, I started eating nuts and seeds every day I started eating pretty much an avocado a day or (laughs) half an avocado a day and once I started doing that I went in for my cholesterol again and my cholesterol was perfect Mm -hmm. and I, I felt so much better and that was just my journey. I'm not saying there's some vegetarians out there that feel amazing and if that's you and you feel good, then great. Keep doing it. But for me, I just, I was like, I feel so much better when I'm eating fats. I was eat. I, when I was a vegetarian, I was eating like 10 times a day because I never felt full. And that was my totally. issue. I was just eating constantly. I never felt like I could be full. And once I started eating a higher fat diet, I felt full all like all day. There's never a point where I felt like I was starving or, I, oh my gosh, I have to eat right now. I need to overeat. And so they definitely helped 
helped me for sure. Some good um, like sources of fat um, to implement in your diet, olive oil, coconut oil. I know that we're going to get some backlash on that, but <laughs> coconut oil is If you're just is. cooking a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of food in coconut oil, yes. it's fine. Yeah. Listen, like... Avocado oil is my favorite Avocado now, oil, so avocados, coconut, yes. like there's a lot of really good cheese, dairy products are really good. Some people don't that. like the taste, so Jesse doesn't love the taste of like coconut oil. Like, you know how you can kind of taste it when you cook with it? That's, so we switched over to avocado oil mostly, Have you most tried of the time. So do you use unrefined coconut I oil? I use both. Okay. He just, he, you know, he doesn't like that hint of coconut. Like, I love it. It's like so funny because I cannot tell at all. I cook my eggs in it. Like I use it. I do too. Whenever I cook. He just I like that it's like a higher smoke point. So I don't burn stuff because I'm not the best cook. Right. That's the thing about olive oil. Olive oil is great yeah. for sal- salad dressings and stuff, but we shouldn't be cooking really, really, really high heat, high heat with coconut or sorry, with olive oil. So yeah, if we're cooking something at a high temp, we should be using either coconut oil, grass-fed butter, or um, avocado oil. Ghee. Or Listen, ghee. Get your oh, ghee I love on. ghee. Get your yes. ghee on. But those are good so things good. to cook at a high, they have a high smell point. And the other thing too to point out here is some foods fall into several of these categories. So like mm-hmm. peanut butter, peanut butter is an excellent source of fat, but it's also an excellent so, source of protein. protein. So we have a lot of options here that you can kind of mix and match. And this is what I love about nutrition is that it's an art. You're able to be creative in how you're getting in these PFCs, as a lot of people like to call them. Um, PFCs, so protein, fat, carbohydrates. So we always recommend that any meal that you're eating or snack have all three because it's going to keep you satisfied. That fat is really um, a very good way to get that satisfying feeling. That's part of why chocolate makes you feel really satisfied. It's a good source of fat. Um, it's a part of the reason why you, if you just think about it right now, eating an apple versus eating an apple with peanut butter, mm-hmm. way more, A, it feels kind of indulgent with the peanut butter. It feels very like satisfying, delicious, smooth. The food, the mouth feels very good and texturized, but it also keeps you fuller for way longer. I challenge you, if you don't believe me, Try it. Try an afternoon, you know, two or three hours after you ate lunch or something, have an apple one day, and the next day, have an apple with peanut butter. And you tell me when you're hungry for dinner, Mm because I guarantee it'll change, because you have the fiber from the apple, Mm -hmm. the fat from the peanut butter, and the protein from the peanut butter, versus just an apple, you use it up quick, it's gone through your system, and you're hungry in a half an hour. That's the hard thing. So fruits and vegetables are awesome, but I would always try to pair a fruit or vegetable, if you're going to have it for a snack, always try to pair it with a either a nut or a seed or cheese or right. um, something, either either a fat or a protein. doesn't matter. One Ideally my, both, but a snack, you know. favorite snack is hummus. Yes, I don't hummus. even like, it's funny because I never thought I liked hummus when it was like the traditional like chickpea hummus. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I love white bean hummus. I love lentil hummus. I love edamame hummus black bean hummus, carrot hummus. I've tried all these other kinds of like quote-unquote hummus that I love so I like much. spicy one. But it's, you know I don't like I know, the spicy I know, I like the spicy one. <laughs> yeah. I, Lissa can't handle spice. Um, so I always like, like hummus is always a really good option with especially vegetables to dip them in and keep it kind of different. There's so many different mm-hmm. options. and But anyways, getting in those PFCs every meal, every snack really will keep you fuller for longer and more satisfied. You'll just enjoy the food more likely. Um, and again, like we talked about in our intuitive eating episode, no foods are off limits. Listen to your body, hear what it has to say. If it's wanting something sweet, 
give it something sweet. If it's wanting something salty, give it something salty. If it's wanting to feel full and satisfied, find something that you enjoy um, to make it feel that way. But also experiment. Don't get in this habit of this is, these are the two snacks that I get to choose from. These are the, you know, whatever. Try something new. The other day, mm-hmm. I was telling Brooke, I usually have an apple and peanut butter. I mean, probably a few times a week. I know you do too. It's one yeah, of our favorite snacks. My favorite snack. Um, but the other day, I was really wanting something kind of sweet. And I was kind of craving chocolate. We don't have a lot around the house. And so I was like, what can I do? And I put, I, so I sliced up an apple because I'm a baby and don't eat it whole. I, <laughs> I sliced up my apples. Okay. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I put in like a huge glob of peanut butter in a bowl and I topped it with chocolate chips. Yeah. And it was just like the tiniest sprinkle and it hit the spot so good. A, that I didn't even so finish good. the whole apple and peanut butter and chocolate chips oh, because I it felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> but it literally just hit all the right things. It was satiating. It kept me full until dinner. Like, it tasted so good. It tasted like a treat. You know, like, it was special and good. So, indulge it. You mm-hmm. know, like, enjoy it. Use your PFCs. Get what yes. you need. Yesterday, I was craving um, chocolate in the afternoon, and so... What I did, and I didn't eat a huge lunch, but I knew I was going to probably eat a pretty big dinner, so I didn't want to eat a huge snack, but I wanted something to hold me over, so I was creating chocolate. So I made just a smoothie. All it was was almond milk, chocolate protein powder, chocolate collagen powder to get my chocolate fix in, (laughs) and my protein, and then I added a banana, which was my carbohydrate, and then I added peanut butter, which was my fat, Mm -hmm. and so it was a really quick, easy smoothie. And again, like I've done that smoothie for breakfast and for me, it doesn't hold me over from breakfast to lunch, Mm -hmm. but for a snack or a quick snack after a workout or a snack between meals, um, it was like the perfect, like it got my sweet tooth, but I also got a fruit in and then I also got my fat for my peanut butter and, and you enjoy it. And it's like, it's good. It's like we talked about in the intuitive eating episode, like as long as it's something that you enjoy that you put together that hits all those marks for you. Great, but don't try to substitute something, like if you're craving chocolate, like a piece of dark chocolate, don't try a smoothie with fake dark chocolate protein powder. Like, actually eat the chocolate, right? If I you mean, have available. Yeah, if, if, if it's in your available. House, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it may not be in your house at that point. So, um, yeah, just be creative and you figure out, you know, protein, fats, and carbohydrates together work so well in your body. Um, we can talk, like, just the way that it regulates as long blood sugar, like the blood mm-hmm. sugar roller coaster. It keeps it at bay. It keeps you fuller for longer. So that instead of having these huge spikes of, you know, like let's say just an apple mm-hmm. or a piece of chocolate or whatever, you have this huge or spike. Or a soda. Oh my gosh. Just a soda. Pop, totally. Mm-hmm. So you have this huge spike in blood sugar and then you have that crash. And that's where you feel this need to, A, eat something sweet again mm-hmm. so that you have this another spike. Um, your body's confused and thinks it needs to be riding up here at the very top of the roller coaster. Yeah. Why am I crashing? Why am I so tired? Why am I sleepy? Well, probably because you didn't have protein, fat, fiber, and carbohydrate. Fiber and carbohydrates together. Um, but when you do incorporate all those, it levels out and you kind of have this. You guys can't see this, but I'm doing a rolling motion. <laughs> yeah, you stay pretty smooth. Yeah, it's smaller peaks and valleys of blood sugar that makes you feel in control. Mm-hmm. You're not craving crazy things because you are trying to avoid that crash or trying to peak again after that crash. And you're really riding that roller coaster smoothly into dinner time or into the nighttime or whatnot. And that's really where we want to stick. And PFCs are the way to do that. Yeah, and the hard thing too is, so a lot of people hear blood sugar and they think, oh, that's just um, what diabetics need to learn right. about. And this is not for diabetic. I mean, if you're diabetic, great, also you should learn diabetics. this. <laughs> but 
Um, if you're pre-diabetic or if you don't have any history of diabetes, if guess what? If your insulin what? is working just fine, you still need... We still need to learn how blood sugar balance generally works. You don't probably need to know all of the details. No, don't be like taking your blood, pre- or your blood yeah. sugar or anything like that. But it is something to pay attention to if you're feeling tired after a meal. Well, what did you have? Did you have your PFCs? Was it a good ratio for you? For some people, you know, I think... I think I'm safe in saying this, but like Brooke thrives in a higher fat diet. Some mm-hmm. people may not need as high fat, mm-hmm. but you still need fat. Don't get me wrong. But everyone's a little bit different in what their ratio is. So I know for me, my ratio changes daily throughout the meals, mm-hmm. like what I'm craving. And because I'm in tune with my body, I know how much fat to add or whatnot. But you need to learn you so that you know how you respond. And, you know, blood sugar isn't something you necessarily feel like, I think my blood sugar is high right now, but you feel those peaks and valleys for sure. Mm -hmm. If you're really paying attention, jotting it down is something super helpful. Um, and paying attention and thinking back, Oh, yesterday I just had that apple and I wasn't, I just was hungry 20 minutes later. I didn't, you know, I got kind of tired afterwards. Maybe today I'll have an apple and string cheese together. You know, Mm -hmm. let me try that and see how that works and then write it down. If that doesn't work, try something different tomorrow. Try Try almond with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's so many different things. The other thing we wanted to touch on today is just um, briefly just low calorie diets. So along with needing protein, carbohydrates, and fats, we also need calories. And so when we start depriving our body of calories, we start getting on really strict regimens of like, I am only going to eat a thousand calories a day. First of all, calories are not created equal. So if I'm eating a thousand calories a day, but my calories consist of soda and juice Snickers or start going to Starbucks yeah. and getting a Frappuccino yeah. and, um, and maybe some processed like microwave foods. Mm-hmm. And I still said, well, I ate under a thousand calories. What did I really do for my body right. to help nourish it? If I'm eating 2000 calories a day, but it is pretty much just, you know, for me, like meats vegetables, healthy fats, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have so much energy and feeling so good. And, um, compared to that person who's eating a thousand calories, right. that's all and that's processed coming, junk. Like coming back to your body, intuitive eating, listening to your body and how you're actually responding and making changes based on that. You know, no one wants to feel like crap every day. So if you're going to feel like crap because all you had was a frappuccino today and whatever, then maybe tomorrow I'll make a different choice. Not out of the guilt from where that came from, but out of, hey, I didn't feel well. I didn't perform. I didn't sleep well. I felt jittery all day. I felt tired and anxious. Okay, what can I do today to make myself feel better? How does my body work Mm -hmm. best? And yeah, calories, what frustrates me about the topic of calories, people try to trick their bodies. It drives me Mm -hmm. nuts. It's like, if I give my body food that isn't actually caloric and it won't give it energy that I'll think that I'll eat, that I ate already, so my body will wait until dinner to eat more. No, 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 no. You are not fooling your body by giving it 100 calories and expecting it to run like you just fed it 600 calories. This is like stoking a fire. You can't throw non-burnable wood into the fire, fake plastic wood or whatever, and expect that fire to grow. Yeah. Your Your metabolism and your body will not function off of food. That does not have any caloric intake. Because another word for calories, people, is energy. So when you're having a low-calorie diet, you're having a low-energy diet. How do you expect to perform high energy if you're giving it low energy? 
The other thing Physics, with, with low calories basic. too, if you're on a low, let's say you're on a low cal, this is what a lot of people do. They go on a low calorie diet and then a, the stress of counting calories is like overwhelming. Who can do that? Um, Not even dietitians. No, nobody <laughs> wants to do that. But they'll go on a low calorie diet and then they'll start over exercising. And that combination is so unhealthy and it's so dangerous because A, if you're not eating enough calories, you're not going to have enough energy to really like give that workout its its all. And you're going to feel like crap. And you're, you're not going to feel energized after that workout. Mm-hmm. So generally, if you exercise the rest of the day or afterwards, you should, you should get those endorphins and you should feel good. If you're starving your body and then you're pushing your body and over-exercising, you're not going to feel good after your workout. Right. You're not going to have energy after your workout. And, you know, you could, you're prone to hurting yourself. Right. I mean, you're prone to injury. So, it's the other you're thing. You're not that, running at your highest level. No. You know, you're not paying attention to everything. You're not aware. You can totally injure yourself. Ugh. It's so It's hard because... Our culture is so around low calorie, hundred calorie packs, no calorie, zero calorie. It's like, where did this come from? Why are we trying to trick our bodies into performing better off lower calories? It doesn't right. make any sense. Which is really why you need to eat more to function better. And nine times out of ten, and your purpose should not be your weight. But nine times out of ten, people who have been restricting and trying to lose weight because of restricting diets, usually when they eat more they end up weighing less because mm-hmm. they're actually satisfied. Once they get their metabolism kind of back functioning. <laughs> That's what I mean too is, you know, like stoking the fire. That damage isn't just for one day. That mm-hmm. damage is long-term. If you're doing a low-calorie, low-energy diet for a long-term, long-term. your yeah. metabolism slows way down. You know why? Because that's our fight-or-flight, like, reptilian brain kicking in mm-hmm. to say, oh, we're in a famine state we need to slow down our metabolism. You, we need to store energy. fat. Store all because that's fat. what ancest, our ancestors did. Exactly. So this is like actually coming from a place of your body worried that it will never get fed. It doesn't know that there's, you know, a Wendy's down the street or you can order Postmates to your house, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Your body goes, oh, we're eating less food, which means there's probably less food available, which means we need to hunker down, keep everything we can, and... And store fat. Store fat and slow down our metabolism because your metabolism uses energy to make mm-hmm. energy. So it's always trying to save that energy instead of using it. So when we go into that way of, I always think of it as like trying to trick your body into working harder on less energy, you're causing, I'm not going to say permanent because it's not, but you're causing damage. damage to your metabolism that's not short term. Right. So calories are good, people. We need calories to live and function. Well, and the hard thing is, so 100 calories of broccoli or like 100 calories of vegetables mm-hmm. is not the same same as 100 calories of Doritos. Right. Like, we're, we may be counting calories and saying, oh, I'm still under my goal for the day, but right. what it's doing to your body, I mean, we're getting so many good micronutrients from eating broccoli or vegetables mm-hmm. that we're not getting from eating that 100 calories of Doritos. Right. So, just because something's 100 calories versus 100 calories, that, that those calories are not created equal. They're not... Right. They're not doing the exact same thing into our, in, in our bodies. And right. same with, like, 100 calories of, of a fat, like peanut butter or, mm-hmm. 
100 calories of an avocado, like, that's affecting our blood sugar and our body differently than 100 calories of cereal. Right. And so, like, for breakfast, for instance, if you start your morning and you have, let's say you have two eggs for breakfast and some fruit, and let's say somebody else has a big bowl of cereal with skim milk mm-hmm. and a banana. Mm-hmm. Let's say that, that, that calorie-wise, those are probably relatively equal calorie-wise. Mm-hmm. The person who just had just skim milk, mm-hmm. cereal, and a banana, I guarantee you their blood sugar is going to be crashing an hour later, and yep. they're going to be hungry before lunch. Right. That person that had the two eggs and the fruit mm-hmm. for breakfast – they are going to be feeling full longer, and they're going to, they could probably make it to lunch before they even are like, I'm hungry, I should eat. Maybe they reach for a snack in the mid-morning, which is fine, but it's just because you're eating the same amount of calories as somebody else does not mean that it's affecting your body the same way. Right, exactly. I think it all just comes back to listening to your body. We're not saying it, there's not a time and a place for 100 calories worth of Doritos or how many calories. There's totally a time and a place for that, but know what you're doing long term like as a big picture we talked about this in another episode where it's like 10,000 foot view what does my life look like what is my what I'm doing for my body look like no better do better when you know what nourishes your body and and all this to say people who are still struggling with eating disorder or disordered eating you need to break free of that first before you learn about nutrition mm-hmm. and what is needed to nourish your body. But it is all connected. It's intuitive eating. It's paying attention. No one's saying any food is off limits or you shouldn't. your portion sizes should be smaller. That's completely up to you. But you need to pay attention to how your body responds. And part of paying attention to how your body responds is that blood sugar roller mm-hmm. coaster that we talk about um, of peaking and crashing and spiking and... <laughs> Having And what happens is it just creates a cycle of, oh, I have to eat again, I have to eat again, I have to eat again, I have to eat again. And if you don't know how to eat to serve your body, yeah, it's going to keep happening. That's so true. Yeah. I think um, that was, do you have anything else you want to add? We just kind of want to do like a quick and dirty nutrition 101, protein, fats, carbs, calories, a little bit about blood sugar. Yeah, I think the main point is, yeah, once you get past that, once you get to a good place of, getting a healthy relationship with food and intuitive eating, then just trying to balance your meals and your snacks generally. Again, this every meal and snack's not going to be perfect, but generally trying to get a protein, a carb, and a fat mm-hmm. at each meal. Snacks are a little harder. If you can get all three at a snack, that's great. Otherwise, in a snack, just try to get two of them. But and that, like that's just where it comes in. Yeah. yeah, that's where it comes in. Those foods that hit both categories, so like nuts, protein, and fat, right there. Mm-hmm. So you can do nuts yeah. and I don't know, nuts and a fruit or a vegetable. There you go. Um, say pita bread. <laughs> yeah. So just Anything. trying to pair pair your meals that way. Right. That way you're satisfied, and that's gonna actually kind of help with your intuitive eating. So it, like for oh, me, totally. once I started eating higher fats, I was like, I'm not hungry as often and so I was like listening to those hunger cues and I was eating less not because I felt like I had to but it was because I was deprived yeah and it wasn't because I was deprived I was definitely getting enough nutrition I just was getting those signs of oh I'm hungry or I'm full I'm getting full faster and I'm just not as hungry as often right so getting those just understanding your body yep Well, that's all for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Diet Riot Podcast.
We're so happy you're here. Please subscribe, rate, comment, review. Email us, hello at dietriotpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at diet.riot.podcast. Whew, that was a lot of information. Yes, subscribe, <laughs> tell your friends, rate us if you like yeah, us. tell your friends. Don't rate us if you don't. Yeah. As usual, just email Brooke. Just email me <laughs> privately. Directly. Just send me direct messages. Direct messages. No, I'm just kidding. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> don't make her cry. She's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we sure do enjoy doing this, so we'll see you next week. Um, Tuesdays, because... Tuesdays are uh, the worst days. Them. But yeah, these are going to be every Tuesday for a while. All right. Okay, bye, yeah. friends. Have bye. a good day. and happiness <laughs> like we live <You> in boulder <laughs> we're hippies <laughs>